Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I said, uh, Carl, what you chose is not going to work for me. This is what we're going <laughs> to do. He restaurant shamed him out of yeah. the gate. So mm-hmm. I was driving home from the Pace Academy Holy Innocence football game, and mm-hmm. I was like, I think he's up there. Next thing you know, I go by to meet him, and four hours later, we're still out together. Oh, so, yeah, it was a uh, Carl Duke. Is Carl steak. alive Sunday? <laughs> Do we check on Carl? We all, this ain't no sipping tea. I'm telling you. You go out with steak, it is game on. This is Dukes and Bell. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. No doubt about it. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's a good night, Steak, by the way. Good night. Hey, we are watching and uh, keeping you updated. And literally, Mike and I are on pins and needles <laughs> with Team USA, Mike, and, and Iran. Um, mm. This thing has been incredible. The last, I don't know, few minutes of, of stoppage time here. This thing has been like, get it, get it out of there. That's all we've been saying. Oof. Yeah, Wea's goal that uh, came up after Polisic's goal was ruled offsides, and uh, we just won the whistle. Final whistle blow. USA Woo! advances to the knockout round. Good Woo! has triumphed over evil. Yes, Although those guys are doing their own thing and trying to support the right thing in their country. But hey, man, we win one nil and advance to the knockout round. Unbelievable. All right, USA, incredible. Woo! Uh, and and again, Polisic was subbed out. Okay, for those of you who are just joining us. Um, he did score the goal, but was subbed at, at halftime. Yeah, and then, you know, um, the, the good news is we got the job done. So I don't care. This is like anything with me, okay? I don't care how it happens. I don't care if it's a half a point, point, doesn't matter, and we advance. So, Mike, mm. group of 16, we get to stick around and see what happens, man. Um, we're going to talk more about this as the day goes on, but uh, USA advancing against Iran in this this must win situation, right. and uh, it's one nil final score. So England and USA advance from our group. Yeah, thank Oof. goodness. All right, man. We are waiting. <laughs> Garth uh, Lagerway, he's going to join us here in just a sec. And just real quick for those that are in your car and you didn't get a chance. I know a lot of a lot of our listeners, and hopefully we get get you guys out of the bars and the pubs around Atlanta that are watching this. There were some when I say close shaves, Carl. There was a situation where the ball got past the goalkeeper, and you and I are literally screaming at the TV. And uh, uh, man, br- uh, unbelievable! Whoa! I think Zimmerman got in there and kicked it out, cleared it. But uh, boy, oh boy, it really was pins and needles for the last. It was nine minutes of stoppage time, so it just it took an eternity to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm just listen. This is again about how far and where American soccer is. Right? We needed this. We did, Mike. We needed the listen. Mm. We needed the draw against England, and I know some people were upset about the way that match played out and whether we were aggressive enough and did we take enough chances. Bottom line is, we needed this. We needed to advance, Mike, especially after not advancing and not being a part of the World Cup the last time it, it took place. All right. With that said, guys, 
Let's talk to the new president and CEO of our Atlanta United squad. Garth Lagerway is here. And Garth, first of all, welcome to Atlanta. We're happy to have you. I know you had your introductory press conference today, but I'm guessing you just saw what happened with Team USA. We got to start there. What What are your impressions? Did you get a chance to see that? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us too. Us too. That's how we feel. It's uh, It's a good feeling. Um, first thing I think Atlanta United fans want to know, and, and we know your history, and we're going to be talking plenty about it, Garth, but you know, I, I think from where we are and where we're going, what's your vision? Like, what, what do you see, and how do we create this thing that we had and maybe even make it better as we move forward with our, with our club? Look, I, I think it is, you know, it, it's, first of all, it's great to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on, uh, and it's really cool to do it. Uh, right after the U.S. advances, because uh, we see the sport continuing to move forward in this country, and you know uh, the U.S. Uh, national team success—that's that's important to Atlanta United success. You know, Atlanta is a host city for the 2026 World Cup. That's a generational opportunity for us to grow the sport and grow the club, and uh, just phenomenal to be part of this. And, and I'm so excited to get to get to work and get started and. Uh, look, my, my job as the CEO here is to make, make everybody a little bit better, you know, to come in and, and unite everybody behind that, that vision for winning, for competing, uh, for challenging for everything, uh, and uh, to get everybody pulling the same direction. And if mm-hmm. I can do that, then we'll be successful. And, uh, Garth, when you got the hire, we talked about your resume. It's a, it's a great resume. I mean, where you go, the champagne flows. Multiple championships, and you played in MLS. <laughs> you, get the, you get the angle because MLS is different than other soccer leagues around the world. Uh, we've created this niche pulling players from South America. It's obviously been really successful. Are you and Boca Negra, Carlos, on the same page? How, how is his vision? How is that going to work together? Look, it's my uh, second day in the job yet. I'm still meeting everybody, getting to know everybody, but I'm excited. Uh, Carlos and I had served together on the, the Chief Soccer Officer Committee for, for a number of years, uh, so certainly we know each other. Uh, look forward to working with, you know, with him, with Gonzalo Pineda, with Demetrius, with Georgia, you know, my whole leadership team. And I think, you know, again, we'll get all facets of the franchise uh, firing together, and, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Well, you say it's your second day on the job. So how long have you been in Atlanta? How many days? Just a couple of days? I got, got, in, got in Sunday night at midnight. So really, I don't know if it's been 48 hours yet. My, my body definitely doesn't know what time zone I'm on. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I can imagine coming from the west to the east like that, that. That flight always kills us. Guys, it's our new president and CEO of our Atlanta United Club. Uh, Garth Lagerway is joining us here on Dukes and Bell as we talk about our club and where we're headed. And again, to your point about, you know, I'm, I'm still learning and I'm going to be learning everybody and learning a, a lot of different things. What has been your style of play that you have tried to achieve in other places where you've had success? Can you talk about that for Atlanta United fans? Sure, absolutely. And, and look, what I would say is uh, I'm a pragmatist. So, you know, when I was in Salt Lake, we had a hyper-specialized system, a 4-4-2 diamond. We were the only team in the league that played that way, and we recruited really specialized players that fit in that system and only that system. And then I went to Seattle, and I played in a, you know, didn't play in, but, but was you know, organized and was part of a much more unstructured system where, where we were just there to maximize the salary cap, and we would sign the best players, and then we would kind of figure it out afterwards. So I've kind of done both ends of the spectrum, uh, and I'm here again to come in and support Gonzalo and, and uh, Carlos, and they'll tell me how they want to play, and then uh, we'll, we'll do our best to get the resources in place to, to try and affect that. Um, you know, I've had, in my 15-year career, I've had four different head coaches. 
uh, and I made the playoffs with all of them. So uh, really looking forward to working with Gonzalo, and if, hopefully if I can go five for five, then uh, that'll mean uh, good things for Atlanta United. It is Garth Lagerway, guys, new president and CEO of your Atlanta United. Carl and I got tickets, by the way. We're not just uh, you know fans. We actually put our money where our mouth is on this one. It seems like, uh, as a goalie, uh, what do you think of Brad? I mean, Brad, we have Brad on. Everyone loves Goose. Uh, realistic to think he can come back from that Achilles injury? Look, I, I think it is. I mean, you guys know that this is personal to me, right? I mean, I was the best goalkeeper ever to come out of Chicago. <laughs> I told Brad you there. Now I'm number two. So... Uh, you know, this is uh, a big thing. I haven't talked about it yet either, but, it was, you know, i got to check my ego at the door as I walk in here to Atlanta United and understand that uh, Brad Thompson had a much better career than I could ever hope to have had. Uh, but, but, no, I, I, I will, you know, the players aren't here right now, right? Preseason comes in the in, uh, beginning of January, and obviously some guys are in town. I look forward to meeting Brad. And uh, we got a couple other uh, Chicago connections from our scouting department Uh uh, we, there's at least one other one here, so uh, it's good to you know, re- re- renew those connections. And you know, uh, Demetrius, I-, I worked with extensively when he was at the league office, and I was in the chief, so- chief soccer officer committee. So, uh, you know, a-, a bunch of familiar faces, even a couple of ex Seattle folks here. Uh, the team administrator Manny, the equipment manager Scotty. So you know, it-, it feels a little bit like home already, and, and everybody's been so welcoming. And uh, it's been a long time since I've been in the South, but uh, went to college down here, and, and uh, you know, it's it starting to feel like home already. Garth, I'm, I'm just going to be devil's advocate here, and I'm curious to know what you think about this. Um, from afar, okay, and I don't know what, what people in the world of soccer are saying, especially in MLS, but you look at Atlanta United, you go, man, great five-year run. They got a chip. They won trophies. They peaked, and then their CEO left. Why'd you take this job? What attracted you to it? Uh, look, first of all, some, you know, some big shoes to fill in Terry Neal's. Um, you know, looking forward to the challenge. Uh, what, what was in it for me, man, was I had been a general manager for 15 years. And uh, I turned 15 a couple of weeks, and I kind of wasn't prepared to go through life if, if that was all there was. Um, and, you know, I ran soccer in Seattle, and, and here coming to Atlanta, I get to run soccer and business as a CEO. And the significance of that is, whereas if you're just a general manager, then you're kind of handed a budget and said, hey, do the best you can within these parameters. And uh, if you're the CEO, now, now you have a lot more strategic influence and control because now you can allocate resources and you can try to generate revenue um, and you can try to push all the right buttons to really maximize the efficiency of the entire organization and really get everything in alignment. And, and that's a really exciting challenge. I think it's a great next step in my career. Uh, and obviously to do it you know, with a, an organization that's established as Atlanta United and uh, to work for Arthur and Steve and AMBSE, I mean, it's just a phenomenal opportunity for me, that the chance of a lifetime, really. It is Garth Lagerway. Guys, by the way, in the text line, loving your energy, loving yes. the vibe. Is we, we love it. We love it. USA and, wins. And, and by the way, Garth, we, Mike and I have a couple of places we can take you for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're looking, to, looking to throw that We got you. We got you. We can you. be the conduit to that. Uh, anyway, Garth, uh, as you said, you've kind of got a bigger budget to play with. Not a knock on Seattle. Just Arthur Blank will let you do all the things you just said you need to do. So how much do you think or should fans expect us to spend uh, as far as the transfer window? And I know Joseph Martinez, it's not really gone the way it should have the last few years since his injury. Uh, is Joseph still viable in your mind for this organization? Look, you know, I haven't had uh, any kind of meetings about player personnel here yet. Uh, you know, I came in and kind of said, you know, what do you want to do? And, and I was like, look, man, uh, I can have all the opinions I want from out on the West Coast. And, and, you know, I haven't seen these guys train. I haven't seen them, live, you know, kick a ball live in anger other than the one game uh, that Seattle played against Atlanta, you know, earlier this year, and that was months ago. So it would be beyond foolhardy for me to have 
sophisticated soccer opinions about anything on this roster. And, you know, look, that's, that's my job. I'm going to come in and, and I'm going to examine everything and take a look at, you know, our analytics, our scouting, our performance, our coaching, our player evaluation. Um, and you guys will find I'll be pretty methodical. Um, and, and maybe I'll be frustrating at first to some folks if, if some folks are looking for immediate solutions. But that's what's really led to my success in my previous two stops is uh, I went slow to go fast. Uh, I was thorough. I was thoughtful. Um, and, and one of my talents, I think, is, is identifying talent and then understanding how to build around that. Uh, every single person, every organization has strengths and weaknesses. I really want to – there's clearly a lot of strengths here, uh, and I really want to like, get a good handle on those and then try to continue to build those up as part of our foundation and then try to fill in where we need to where we have weaknesses and, and again, go forward in a way that's sustainable. Uh, you guys talked about the, the meteoric rise of, of Atlanta United uh, from launch through 2019, and then, you know, it's been a little bit of a lull, and look, you know, let's, let's get, in order to get things going again in the right direction, we don't want to repeat that boom and bust cycle. We, we really want to come and, and grow incrementally uh, and, and create something sustainable that uh, is going to be here for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why you got the job. Garth, thank you for joining us. We look forward to our visits from uh, you and figuring out where you want to go. And, 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 you know, we are. We've been down since day one. A lot of people said soccer would not work. You've heard this all over the country. It wouldn't work in Atlanta. It's working. And there is a huge supporter system here with people who care about it, who love Atlanta United. And uh, we're excited to see where the future takes us. So welcome to Atlanta, and thanks for the time today. We look forward to talking with you. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me, and I uh, really appreciate your support for Atlanta United, and uh, good days ahead. Absolutely. You got it. Beer soon. Yeah. Does he like lemon pepper wings? <laughs> we'll find out. All right. Just wondering. I was thinking about one specific spot. <laughs> That's a good time to break, good place to break bread. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, right. welcome to the ATL. All right, guys, coming up, uh, West Durham's going to join us, voice of our Atlanta Falcons. We're going to talk with him about our next matchup, what happened uh, last Sunday against the Commanders. It's on the way. West Durham is joining us next. And then things get really good. Back to more Dukes and Bell. Let's go, baby! Let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Thanks to Garth Loggerway stopping by. Uh, feels like, Mike, he's got a great personality. Um, and that comes through, you know, the radio. It comes through your, your radio or however you're accessing the show on a smart speaker or maybe you're listening on your computer. But the fact is the energy is there, and we need that. We need that positive and good energy. Now, his decision-making and how he's going to build this club, we'll wait to see. But, Mike, he's a winner. He's been a winner everywhere. Right. You look at the resume, and you couldn't – honestly, there's nobody more qualified in North American soccer to be in this position, and you hear the energy, man. I mean, Darren, like, that's tough shoes to fill because Darren was such a charismatic and is a charismatic guy, and good luck over there in Newcastle. But I think we got a good dude here, man. All right, let's talk to another good dude, Wes Durham, the voice of our Atlanta Falcons, joining us on the WaitForward.com hotline for his weekly visit on the show as we talk about what happened with our Falcons and what may happen moving forward. Mm. All right, Wes, first of all, thanks for being here. Um, through all the craziness, sure. through all the madness, the frustration, the throwing things at TVs and all the stuff that I saw over the weekend, we still half came out. I mean, maybe the football yeah. gods are working with us through this craziness and saying, hey, look, you guys keep blowing opportunities, but you still have a chance to – you know, to win this division. And that, to me, is the craziest thing, Wes, is we've made mistakes and the Buccaneers can't find their way. We're still right in this thing. Yeah, and I think that Sunday is disappointing and frustrating because it was a little bit more than just a game. I mean, obviously, it's a team that is somewhere in the neighborhood where you are from a, 
from a win-loss perspective. So, you know, you get to the tiebreakers and you get to the margin of victory and all this other jazz, right? And let's hope we get to those conversations. Uh, but this is going to come down to continuing to understand the premium of, of the football. And, you know, it culminated in one series, but it really was driven by like, you know, three or four during the course of the game, right? And I think that that's something you got to keep in mind Sunday because the team you're playing Sunday went to the wire again last night and won the kind of game that you didn't win, right? And so while a team like Pittsburgh's in, in a similar mode, maybe not as directly correlated to what Atlanta's going through, I, I think Sunday is a game you need to win as much as for what you're doing big picture is what you're doing week to week, I think. It is West Durham. He and Arch will have the call as the Steelers invade, literally and figuratively, Mercedes-Benz on Sunday. Yeah. Man's going to be just yeah. like, kind of like the Bears kind of redo. Yeah, I just thought, you know, the game plan, we, we know what our limitations are with Mariota. We're not debating that. It just, you're running the ball so effectively. It just, it really just, it was so out of character because on that same drive, as I've been harping on West, we run it third and four. You know what I mean? We, we run the football. Right. And, I, and I just, man, yes, if we don't get the hand up, it's a one in a midnight. It's probably a one in a thousand play that Payne makes there. We've seen guys do it. And I know that uh, Cordero might go for a score. It just seems like we're it's literally come down to one play in the Chargers and the uh, Saints and this game, if that's any solace to Falcon fans. Well, and I think, Mike, the thing about this is the way Atlanta plays, and we've touched on this, I think, before, this is more than likely going to be the playing personality of Arthur Smith and has been the playing personality of Arthur Smith and his team. I mean, you know, it's been chronicled by either Josh Kendall in The Athletic or Mike Rothstein at ESPN.com that I've, I've read more often than not about how many one-possession games Atlanta's played in two years. I mean, you know about the seven wins last year, and seemingly every game comes down this way. So what that does is, number one, keeps everybody locked in for sure. But the other part is it, it's more than just the way the game ends, right? It ends up becoming a detailed situation. You know, look, you were fortunate young way Koo kicked the field goals on Sunday and, and was good enough to kick those field goals, right? Because more often than not, when you swap possessions like that for field goals and not touchdowns, it can come back to really haunt you. And for me, I think that you've got to understand the value of the football for all 60. And that part keeps resonating back. And sure, we can, we can boil it down to the last possession, um, you know, and if you want to, but that, that would drive you to an ulcer, if not worse. And I'm starting to think that, you know what, <clears throat> it's the front end of the game to me Mm-hmm. That when Atlanta's playing very well, the front end of the game is is the is the area where they tended to to really be good more so than not. I think. Wes, uh, we ran the ball mm-hmm. effectively. Um, you know, yes. the, the, I, I thought again, you, you want to hang your hat on something, and you go, man, we we ran it against a very stout defensive front that a lot of people said we wouldn't be able to, and we were able to right. do it pretty much all game until mm-hmm. obviously the end where we didn't run it, where a lot of people says we should have. Either way. That's the thing I'm hanging my hat on is over the next five, six weeks that you go, all right, I think we can go for over 100 against all of these teams that we're going to face. You know, when you start looking at the schedule in the next six weeks for the Falcons and comparing it to the Bucks, I think the Bucks have a little bit harder schedule than we do just based on the teams they're going to play. And, you know, they got the 49ers. Uh, I'm just looking at this. I'm trying to hang my hat on something as we move forward and try to make, make this division run. Carl, the only team you're going to play the rest of the way that has a winning record right now is Baltimore. That's it. Everybody else has a losing record. And they get so, the 49ers, I mean, the, right, the Bengals, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, okay. I mean, so Atlanta, Atlanta's got one, and Tampa's got more than that. I think New Orleans actually has two, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, 
but I haven't looked at them specifically. But back to your original uh, line here, Atlanta going to enter the game fourth in the league in rushing, and they're facing the number six rushing defense. Well, if you know anything about the way they ran the ball, and now I guess there is optimism potentially. We'll know more tomorrow with, with Coach Smith about the availability of Elijah Wilkinson. If you can get him back, then you start to feel a little better about everything involved in terms of the run game. Uh, I still think that they are doing a terrific job of mixing and matching the backs. Uh, in the case now, without Pitts, I thought we saw kind of what I thought we might last week, and that we saw Cordero in more packages, right? Um, whether he becomes a development receiver or a primary receiver in those stu- in that stuff remains to be seen. But I think you're going to see him carry the football. I think you're going to see him line up in some of the Kyle Pitts areas, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say he's lining up exactly where Kyle Pitts is, but I think you're, you're, you're going to see him in some of those positions, at least in some of the formations. And then the other thing is, I think you're going to continue to see Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley in the run game. And for me, that's a good thing. And then Marcus needs to be a factor as well. And I think at times on Sunday, he was as impactful in the run game because it was counterintuitive to what Washington was defending and it was much more impactful. So I think that, you know, all of those things are going to happen. And you're right. The value of the schedule maybe favors Atlanta. The question is, can you take advantage of it? And in doing so, you're going to have to play smart football. And smart football involves not turning it over. You're already doing a, I mean, on the whole, guys, doing a really good job in penalties. You know, I mean, one of the least penalized teams in the league, one of the least penalized yardage teams in the league. Those things all count, I think, especially as we get down the stretch with this football team. It is Wes Drewham, and hope you had a very Drew Hammy Thanksgiving family. Some cat hit me in the airport the other day with his belt. Nice, <laughs> going down the escalator. Nice, and again, just because as we had to remind Squid Billy, and there was new listeners every day on this station based on the ratings. So uh, don't know, let folks know. Years ago, we had a promo that was done by one of the folks at V103, and they mispronounced Wes's name, and that's why we say Wes Drewham. It's not to be an insult to the man. Hey, by the way, because you and I asked you this last time, you had a great connection with Georgia Tech as the voice of the Jackets. I really like the idea of yeah. Brent Key, and I got to be honest, some of the other names that were up there are not that compelling. I think a guy who knows this, knows the program, played in it, I think is the right fit. I think that given the landscape of where Georgia Tech is, if Pete Thamel and Ross Dellinger and all these people that are reporting it's, it's come down to Brent Key, I think that is a good thing for Georgia Tech. I think that is, and for Jay Bad, who's been on the job 45 days, he's been able to see Brent Key up close and personal. Um, we all know what the situation is. Dr. Cabrera, the president, has talked about an investment and a commitment of resources to be successful in athletics, just like they are in other parts of the Institute. Um, nobody would understand the landscape of the Institute better than Brent Key. Um, I will tell you that I believe if Brent is getting this job, it is because Brent has also com- presented a compelling plan to success, more so than just being the interim head coach. Um, so I'd be interested to hear kind of what that is. I think he did a terrific job in, a, in an unintentional way of rallying a fan base. Yeah. I don't think Brent Key, he said something to me, and you guys know this, Roddy and I had the TV game in his interim debut, right? Yep. And he said that one thing he had learned in the 72 hours since being the, named the interim coach was um, the best way to get a job is to do your job. Mm. And he did his job. And look, they they won some games, right? And they beat two ranked teams on the road. But I think at the end of the day, 
people got to see a combination of Brent Key, the player, and Brent Key, the coach, that was, you know, formed at Georgia Tech. And, look, there are a lot of things that can change at Georgia Tech to compete in today's landscape of college football. But the core value of having somebody like Brent Key coach the team is something in my mind that's always been at the backbone of its most successful teams. And you can look that up, and I think that's one of the things that, if this thing comes to fruition, has probably helped him more than anything else. Great stuff, Wes. Uh, That is what's being reported, guys. Again, not completely official, but they're finalizing a deal to make Brent Key uh, apparently the new official head coach at Georgia Tech. We'll keep you updated. Wes, we got to get out of here, man. Have a great week. Curious to see what the College Football Playoff Committee says, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Be well. Thanks. Cool. Wes Durham. Voice of our Atlanta Falcons. Coming up, we got some guy talk on the way, Mike. Yeah, man. Happy recap on a glorious win, a politically charged match over there in the World Cup. We'll tell you that went down. Also, Carl, magma is flowing in Hawaii. Why are L.A. residents concerned? Next. It's Dukes and Bell. We got spirit. How about you? On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time for fun. <laughs> it's time for guy talk. Yes! Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Yes! yeah buddy. Yeah. Looks like plenty of shenanigans. A lot of shots flowing down the street at Fado. Just got a text from my buddy who was celebrating the U.S. men's victory over Iran and advancing to the knockout round, the round of 16, taking on the Netherlands. That'll be their next opponent. And it was a dramatic as heck, just real quick for guys who missed it earlier. Guy Talk, brought to you by our buddies at ESOG, Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now. Cracks in your foundation. Get the pros on the job with ESOG. You and I were literally coming out of the commercial break, and I mean, it was like, Squidbilly's like, you, apparently our TV is like five seconds or six seconds later than the TV Squid's got at his side of the glass. Because he's like, what's going on over there? Because we're like, oh, Oh yeah, yeah. It's like like what's like a damn delayed reaction over here. I uh, I have a TV like that at home that it's slower, right? Because of whether it's the cable connected to it or whatever the the internet. Bottom line is, it, it I am always looking at that television and wondering why it's late because I can see another one in another in another room right. and it's ahead. And to your point, sometimes I turn and I'm reacting to the one that's ahead, and then I say something and Michelle's like. What, what are you talking about? That hasn't happened. And then I'm like, touchdown! And then it happens on this television. So, no, no what you yeah. should have done, you should have paused and go, that's right, dear, because I'm no student. Exactly. But I know what you mean, man. But here's the deal. We are super excited about the fact that Team USA has advanced. And Mike said it. It's going to get more difficult. But at the end of the day, does this prove, Mike, that we have gotten to a place with soccer, with U.S. men's soccer specifically, mm. that we're talking about them advancing to the group of 16, I think it's a big story. I just do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for U.S. Uh, men's soccer. It's good for the uh, MLS. And we just spoke earlier today, guys, with Garth Lagerway, the uh, new CEO president. It's online, guys. You can rewind boop, with the Odyssey app and hear what he had to say because he was literally coming right off of the, uh, the, uh, the, the triple zero on the clock and we got to celebrate. Actually, it was nine minutes of stoppage time, I should say. And then Rep Dax did a really nice job. Spanish ref kept it clean. A lot of tension. The Iranian apparently got a lot of heat from uh, and there was even reports out there where their families uh, were their, their lives are in danger because they didn't sing the anthem in their last match so they were singing the anthem today and obviously all the uh, the build up including their stage questions from their State media asking U.S. <laughs> players and coaches Why questions. Why did you do your fingers well, like that? Because, again, it's just like, yeah, you know, like, free, like free speech in China. But anyway, I digress. We won the match, and now it's, uh, it's on. Now the question is, is Christian Pulisic going to be able to play? Because when he scored the one goal, because the second goal was ruled off sides, 
when he scored that goal, he collided with his cojones right into the goalkeeper's knees. I mean, Carl, he took it right in the cods. That's what's being reported. Well, listen, I don't know when the last time you've been hit down there. Oofa. But it hurts. And more importantly, you know, he gets a couple of days off, Mike, but, you know, people like say, shake it off. There's no shaking it off. Like, you know, that is something, that's a pain that I don't wish upon any man, right? And and you know, in, in the line of action like that, Mike, in the line of fire, he gets it and he leaves the game, which tells you he was probably hurting pretty bad. Yeah. So, you know, get some ice, Oof. take some painkillers, and let's hope he can, uh, he'll be all right for the next match here. I just hope he's got both of them because it looked that bad. That's what, I mean, it's serious stuff, but hopefully he'll be okay. He'll have a couple of days to, uh, again, as you said, ice up, son. Yeah, man, but if you graze them, they yeah. hurt. That, I mean, women will never understand. They, women, just I mean, gra- if you like, graze them. Look, again, I'm not comparing getting hit in the nuts to childbirth, but when you get hit really hard in no, the cots. No, you graze balls, yeah, it hurts. Exactly. All right. Seriously. Well, you got to remember, too, they're essentially cross-country runners. So whenever they have any kind of impact, and I'm not. These nuts run cross country? No, I'm, I'm saying like. <laughs> That's tremendous. <laughs> these guys as a whole, like, look oh, at them. Yes, they're, they yes. are a bunch of. They're, 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 5% body fat. Yeah. yeah great shit. They're, I mean. So look, what, are you saying that helps this situation? No, I'm saying it's part of the reason why when they take a shot, they mm. go down for so long. Oh. Remember. Yeah. Cardio. We have a protective layer of blubber, which protects our yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Or yeah. shoulder pads and a helmet. Now, look, some of it's a little bit ridiculous because me and Steve were talking about it. When these guys go down, there's so many people around them in the NFL. That means they. That means like everyone needs to be quiet because someone's not walking the rest of the mm. day mm. or for a couple of months. But Oof. these guys get up and run around again. No, it's, yeah. it is crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon the it's pun. Funny, our buddy uh, Justin Farmer from uh, Channel 2, he was texting that, tweeted out earlier, goes, like, I goes, I want to really like soccer. He goes, I just hate this writhing in pain for those who don't watch soccer on a regular basis, <laughs> trying to work the refs. You know, some of it, I, t- I hit Justin back. I said, well, in that last guy's defense, he fell on his keys. Anyway, here's a story which kind of proves that people in California, Carl, are the stupidest people in America. You know, this is one of my themes here if you listen to the show over the last few years. Uh, KLOS reporting that, uh, as you guys may or not have seen on the national news last night, two volcanoes, the two big ones over in Hawaii, it's uh, Mauna Loa and uh, whatever the other big one is, apparently, or uh, Kealua, are going. And magma, lava's flowing, ash, the whole shebang. I just like magma. saying red hot magma. But anyway, these, uh, these volcanoes are popping over there in Hawaii, and it's just really cranking up. The uh, LAPD received three calls last night from residents asking about the evacuation plan for the volcano. Where? Los Angeles. It's not in L.A. It's in Hawaii. That's California, my friend. And somebody saw it. And he goes, y'all do It's red hot magma. We better go. Where do I get out of here? Do I get on the 101? <laughs> How do I get to Van Nuys, man? If it, I got magma in my backyard, Holmes. It's not, it's not in L.A. It's in Hawaii. That's correct. 24,000 nautical miles between Los Angeles and the volcanoes at Mount Aloha. But, again, Los, I give you... Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. There you have yeah, it. So yeah. that, that's a story out there. Hey, man, one other story for you, buddy boy. This one is kind of strange. How's this for awkward conversation? Uh, Deshaun Kaiser goes on a podcast and says when he first met Aaron Rodgers, amongst the light conversation that his new quarterback asked him, what are your feelings about 9-11? He asked him that? As in, like, a conspiracy theory feeling? He, what are you, he asked him that? That's what... Aaron Rodgers asked him. Really? There's more layers. There's there's about 1,500 layers to this onion that is Aaron Rodgers, man. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of the cleanse that he got, Mike, I guess. I, I, why is he asking this question? He goes, do you believe in 
See, now, I, now I'm, you know what, I was on Roger's side, yeah. and I'm off. Now, now you're back off. Off. Off, what a, off. No, no, no. We're not going down that road. No. We're not even opening no. up that can of worms, no. okay? What no. a, what a, so now Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's got a little too much free time on his hands to think about these things. <laughs> and imagine that's the first question Aaron Rodgers asks you. Not, how you feeling? How was your college? You know, blah, blah, blah. 9-11. You believe in it? Nah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's not an icebreaker. That's an idiot breaker. Okay? I gotta be honest. That's that's like a comedy killer right there. Yeah. I'm with you right there, buddy boy. Hey, man, more reaction, by the way, uh, coming out about uh, what's going to happen with the Braves. And a couple of people, it's funny, we started the show today talking about Brent Key and the news about him potentially being hired as the next head coach of Georgia Tech. And it looks like everything's pointing that direction, yet no official word, so we cannot say he's the coach yet. Meanwhile, one of Squid Billy's pet peeves is all of the folks who work in the quote-unquote media who have websites, and somebody put it out there today, and I will not name the website, that Dansby has apparently priced himself out of the market. And because this nitwit has a blue check, people actually put stock into it. So we're here to tell you here on the show, don't be confused or swayed by things like that. This is just somebody giving an opinion. There's no inside information being offered here. And can I just point out that this was the same blue check mark who, Carl, you were out this the week this happened, that, okay. that said Deshaun Watson is without a doubt, made his decision, it will be Atlanta. Oh. And Deshaun Watson is an Atlanta Falcon, and when certain people, me, myself, and I, also Mike and John, and John <laughs> Chuckery, said that's not true, he called us haters, and it went, and it got pretty deep. John yeah. Chuckery was very offended. This person is a clout chaser. This yeah. is what these people do. Yeah. They're not verified. This is why we refused or have refused to say, hey, you know what? It's a done deal with Brent Key at Georgia Tech right. until, until it is announced. Let me say this, and I am verified, but even if I wasn't, <laughs> I'm going to tell you like I say all the time, who do you know, who do you talk to? Nansby has not priced himself out of anything. The market, in fact, has not even been set with the top f- shortstop free agents that will be available right. because they're trying to figure it out. Now, that's not to say it won't happen in the next couple of weeks, Mike, but if you're telling me right now that some ludic- ludicrous guy out there <laughs> is saying Dansby is asking for $250 million and he's priced himself out, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. That's not true. So, <laughs> glad you brought it up, but Braves fans, Atlanta Relax, that's going to work itself out, but that, that is absolutely not true right now. And the latest fake news was that Hugh Freeze was relinquishing control of social media accounts after being hired as Auburn's head football coach. Apparently, he will still be able to tweet if he is so inclined. He will not be passing that along to somebody who will tweet for him. I do like the fact, and we haven't really talked about this today because we've been so busy and, and we you know basically started later today. We started at 3 o'clock because we had a big company meeting. But, Mike, he, he came and said, be patient with me. He said that today to right. Auburn fans. Be patient. Give me time. Like, like, basically, trust me that I'm going to do the right things. Right. Listen, I say this all the time. We all get one big screw-up in life. We just do, right? Whether you come back from it or not, some people don't. But you get one, and usually you can come back from it. His big screw-up was what happened at Ole Miss. I don't think, okay, that he's going to do that at right. Auburn. There's no way in hell he's going to screw himself up again. Although some would say, you know, it was more of an old miss trying to throw Houston nut under the bus when the NCAA came calling, but it was really on Hugh Freeze's watch, yeah. too. That predated the, the cell phone nonsense Well, that came down. it was the recruiting right. aspect. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, we got plenty more to dive into with the Falcon Report. That's your guy talk, brought to you by our buddies at ESOG. All right, guys, coming up, can we really, truly evaluate him with what we've seen? We got to talk about this, and we will, coming up at 5 o'clock on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.